Hello, and welcome to our next episode of Priceless Backstories Podcast. I have on the show today with me Bubba Nichols. Bubba is a silver medalist with the USA softball team, and she is a professional athlete. Um, really cool how Bubba and I, we um, got connected today. Um, she played softball at UCLA. Yep, I did. A I UCLA Bruin. Yes, and Bubba's staff person with Athletes in Action at UCLA is Tanya Motorin, who is also a friend of the podcast. You will find her in the first season's episodes. Um, so Bubba, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited. All the way from Japan, I'm tuning in. Isn't that incredible? Like, yeah, yeah playing awesome. softball in Japan. That sounds like a dream, like something that you would dream of, you know, getting to play softball overseas. Yeah, it, it is pretty crazy. I, I never, I never planned to be here, but God's will just played out and I just showed up here and here I am now. Wow. <laughs> so this is pretty great. Yeah, so it is, it's 8.30 a.m. my time. Let let them in on what time it is there, just with the time change, time difference. Yeah, it's currently 9.30, well, 9.40 now, but it's currently 9.40 p.m. here. The same day as you, we're about, I would say, maybe 13 hours ahead. I think yeah. I'm doing the math correctly. Yeah, so a good 13-plus hours in it's pretty cool how we're still able to communicate with I always tell my family we're a whole whenever we have a signal problem I'm like well we are an entire ocean apart so <laughs> it would make sense yeah I know I was thinking like you're living in my future right now you're like 13 years or 13 you want me to ahead. tell you what happens later in the day <laughs> please do yeah maybe we could chat you know uh tomorrow chat on Friday that would be awesome um so tell us more about your family you mentioned your family um where are they from like where are you from what what has that been like for you to even have them be a part of your college softball journey yeah so my family um I'm from Merced California uh my both of my parents are um well they're not from California I think my my dad is but his family's from uh like Tennessee area and he, him and his siblings, they actually grew up in California, Modesto, California. Um, and my mom, she's actually from, she was born in Guam um, and then grew up a couple of years in Hawaii. And then parents moved to California. And yeah, my family has been in California ever since. And that's where I was born and raised. And hmm. yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I yeah. spent some time uh, last Thanksgiving in Laguna Beach area, Nigel, California. I don't know if that's oh, in a similar area there. or not. Yeah, yeah, it's I. I'm more. Yeah, I'm definitely more up north. But Laguna Beach, that's like one of my favorite places to go visit. Whenever I'm, I'm down more Southern California. When I go to UCLA or something, it's yeah. I think about an hour or so away from UCLA. So I I love Laguna Beach so much. So I'm mm. so glad you you brought that up. <laughs> yeah, it's like my husband's aunt actually lives like at in that area. Like, and so I thought mm -hmm. this is like the most beautiful place that I've been in yeah. a while. You know, coming from Ohio. So. Yeah. But tell us more about the, you said your mom is from, your mother's from Guam. Like what, is that a place that you've had the opportunity to visit or like what, 
what is some of that background? Um, like, where is Guam? Guam is actually only a couple hour plane ride away from where I'm at right now. Um, it's closer yeah. to Japan than it is to the state, the United States. Um, but I, it's a very, very small island um, in the Pacific Ocean. It, I don't know. I, I think someone like there's literally one main road that goes through it, and it, yeah. the speed limit is like 35 miles per hour. I've been there one time um actually to do a softball camp for some of the the wow. girls there um and I got to see my my family that lived there and lives there for about a week so that was really cool but um yeah my mom they are Chamorro uh which is kind of the native um like people that are in Guam um on my grandfather's side so her father and then my grandmother um, she's Filipino Hawaiian. So her family is from the Philippines. Um, but she grew up on Hawaii, the island of Kauai. And, um, they met at the University of Hawaii and they got married and had my mom. Um, but they moved to California. Unfortunately, they separated. Um, my grandmother and my grandfather remarried, but my grandmother did she passed away uh, when I was about eight years old so it's been quite a while since we've had my grandmother in the picture but um that's kind of the backstory of my mom's like kind of more native where she's from and um growing up she doesn't we haven't visited Guam much it is a little difficult because it is kind of far but yeah um thankfully we have yeah we have quite a few family that do live here or live in the states and hmm. handful of them live in Nebraska um yeah. in Omaha and it's just really cool how much we're kind of all over the world hmm. yeah that's really neat you know one of my um dream destinations or whatnot like on the bucket list would be to travel to Wales I don't know if you've heard of Wales oh, wow. it's kind of like Ireland Scotland that yes. area yeah and um where my family is like where I grew up in Ohio there's a really small town called Venedosha and that is the town I grew up in and basically it's a Welsh community and I'm talking like 115 to 130 people you know it's like a really small town but yeah. they had traveled like my you know grandparents grandparents type thing like traveled from Wales and that's where they established the community and even more recently turning 40 last year I think I've just been more intrigued you know to learn more about <laughs> like kind of my heritage and the other day Jason was saying like where would you want to travel like if we went on like an anniversary vacation you know maybe the 10th year or something and um, yeah. I said Wales would be one of those Italy's another one and then he's actually um, Jewish. Um, Jason is a believer, a, a Christian, but his family, you know, he's got Jewish roots. And so to go to to Israel with my husband, Jason, mm -hmm. would be like just such a cool, you know, experience. So I love that you got you can, to go, you know, and check yeah, it out. Yeah, they're all within Europe. You can hit Seriously? all of them. You can hit all of them together. You just have, it'll take some planning, but you're serious cool. just the other day we said that like do you think we could do it all in one and I'm like ah that might be too much but that's good to know if it's like they're kind of you know Europe's a little bit tighter than the states so well awesome. I do not have you on this podcast to talk about whales so um want to transition us a little bit but Bubba the reason that I um that I reached out to you and really wanted to invite you on this podcast is because I've just noticed you like especially like 
you know, in terms of on social media, sometimes I'll just notice certain athletes talking about their faith or um, especially athletes that's, you know, successful and kind of given a platform. And I know over this, I think it was over the summer, I was watching some pro softball on, on television and the names kept changing, like the team names. And I was so confused, like every game, it was like a new name. And then I started realizing, you know, how they were team captains um, and how they were, you know, implementing the team name that way. But um, I just was really drawn to some of the things that you've shared on Instagram and some of your story. And so I would love for you just to share with us some of your story, like what, 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 what was it like for you um, to even get to UCLA and have the opportunity to play as a Bruin? Um, I know I, being a college softball player myself, I played at Wright State University. It's a D1 school in, in Ohio, Dayton, Ohio. And, but growing up, even in summer travel ball, like when we would go to, we would compete in nationals. Uh, when I was at the college level, there's only one Ohio team. So I was on that team and every national yeah. we got to compete. There was no one else from Ohio in terms of a team, <laughs> but we played against the commotion and um, this is kind of old school, but, but Lisa Fernandez was on that team and Doc Richardson and, you know, some of the best, like leg I see them as legends in the game in some ways. Oh, so, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> the fact that you got to to play on that team at UCLA, I think is such a, just awesome you know and such an accomplishment but would you bring us in and even just bring us into some of the kind of the highs and and some of the maybe the trials that you've experienced mm -hmm. just through your softball career yeah um so first of all yes I agree Dot Richardson and Lisa Fernandez are two goats in the sports softball so I back that up but um <laughs> my journey to UCLA actually uh started pretty early I uh, was recruited out of eighth grade, actually, uh, by different universities. And uh, thankfully, the rule has changed. I personally love that the rule has changed because looking back, I'm like, I don't know what eighth grade, like, let alone, I was in some of those meetings and I was like, I don't even know what high school is like, let alone college. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it, it definitely was, it was pretty crazy um, when I was being recruited um, but I, I grew up playing multiple sports. I played a lot of um, just kind of the basic club sports that are around locally, like soccer. Um, my parents signed me up for like track and field, like at my school. And I did volleyball at my school and uh, like the little basketball leagues that we had locally. Um, and I was in gymnastics for quite a long. That was the first sport that I ever participated in. But softball was kind of the one that I fell in love with the most. Um, and I always tell people is because I just had so many close friends in that sport more than others. Um, I just felt like I connected with a lot of people and, um, I just love being able to like run around, hit a ball and like throw a ball as far as I could. Like, I think even just growing up, I, I bonded with my dad a lot, just playing catch. Like that was just the, our thing. Like of all the sports that I played, playing catch was like the thing that him and I bonded over the most. So I think it really just fueled that love of wanting to keep playing softball because I had such a close connection with my dad through it. Um, and it wasn't until um, high school that I actually only played softball um, because I was a pitcher. I was a utility player. Um, so I pitched and I played basically what utility is every position on the field yeah. you know quote 
Um, but I mostly Where, it's, it's wherever they yeah. need you, right? Just wherever you exactly. need Exactly. <laughs> no, that that was exactly my thought process. My dad was like, you know, what position you want to be and um I actually loved hitting the most and so I was like, honestly, I don't really care where I play on the field. Like if I can just play anywhere and it helps the team, then that's where I want to play. Hmm. And um I just kind of stuck with that all throughout high school and um I was actually mostly known for pitching all throughout high school which is kind of crazy <laughs> looking back now because I'm nowhere close to being a pitcher right now um but I got to UCLA um graduated I um I won like Gatorade player of the year for nationally like senior year of high school which was pretty insane I definitely noticed um kind of my intensity and focus towards softball amping up in my senior year and I think a lot of it had to do with um just some like trials I was going through with identity and just not really feeling like I softball started to become more of a coping and so I it was weird like I was being really really heavily rewarded for having softball being this coping mechanism for like things going on in my social life but I just kind of like saw trophies and rewards as being such a an awesome thing that I just kept going with it um and when I got to UCLA um I was a starter like right away which was pretty amazing um and I actually to this day like even if you ask coach I at UCLA we always talk about it um like I I started to become a very very selfish player like I was very very selfish and I don't say that in a way of any shame it's just full transparency of the type of player I was turning into I was like would show up to the field way before everyone else get extra work in but then stay late which was very um like smiled upon by others but I did it for a very selfish motive and I like rarely invited anyone else. It was just like, mm. if I can't do my own work, then it's not worth it. Um, anyone else that's here with me is just a distraction type of thing. And so uh, oh, her but, and I, um, I have a question. Oh. So oh, yeah, were you like in that, right? It's applauded. It's smiled, like it's smiled upon. Yeah. I even heard Dion the other day in an interview saying like, I want my guys to be at the field early, you know, like, be it film and you know like yeah. and not that that's all bad but like you're saying the motive but the motive is yeah. what was the issue for you um yeah but would you say that it was more to like try to get ahead of your teammates yeah. and, and be a starter or was it more to not fall behind you know what I mean was it a fear of falling behind mm -hmm. or was it the pride of trying to get ahead what was kind of driving that for you I think it was a little bit of both um just because I came from a small town and then going to UCLA, I was definitely, you're not, I was, I was like big fish in a little pond coming out of my hometown. And then when I got to UCLA, it was definitely small fish in a big pond feeling where all of a sudden it was like a reality check on what type of athlete I was. Like it wasn't just Bubba, the superstar of this community. It was Bubba is one of actually a thousand other like great athletes who go on to excel in every sport that was there hmm. um so I think it was like a fear of not feeling like I was 
good enough to be there. So I felt like I had to catch up, but I also had this, like, I wanted to be the best, like, since I did have that small fish, like reality check mindset, all of a sudden I was like, well, I don't want to be, I don't want, I don't like that feeling. Like, I want to feel like I am the big fish, you know, like I want to feel like I'm better than everyone else. And so I would, I would definitely kind of treat my hard work in that way. Mm -hmm. And thankfully I did have like such a great head coach who recognized that. And she didn't like let it down, like applaud it in a way of like, good for you. I'm proud of you for coming early and like staying late. Like she like genuinely was like, why are you doing that? Mm, wow. Rather than like, yeah. So that I think that was a huge, uh, that definitely wasn't my God story. Like that, I think that led up to it, but that was a huge like, foundational piece of me finding my faith um because I actually didn't find my faith until 2020 which was only about three years ago mm-hmm. so it was very recent um and I you know like a lot of people during the pandemic um just aside from all of the craziness of the world and like everything going on in our our home just as much as everyone else's home um I I made sorry I'm backtracking because now I'm like trying to there's like so many like timeline things that I'm thinking about but basically what to put all together like that foundational piece of like me being a selfish player I was idolizing softball like so, so much to the point where like, it was like, I didn't care about anything else or anyone else. I'm like, softball doesn't let me down. It always is there. I can always go into a cage and like hit a ball for hours and I'm good at it. Like people keep saying that I'm good at it. Um, And then I made the Olympic team which was kind of like a huge like accomplishment in my eyes you know of like you know not in just my eyes like it it was a huge overall accomplishment um and I made the Olympic team in 2019 um following winning a national championship with UCLA so like that 2019 was just crazy um, that's an incredible year by the way to win a national championship and then yeah. get called up to the the USA Olympic team huge deal right no, like, is, so yeah. many little girls like hope for that so you're living sure. a lot of little girls dreams I would say in 2019 yeah. but the story continues yeah for sure I yeah. know that's what's crazy is in my eyes like old me if I were to tell 12 year old me then I've been like, well, 2019 was it? Like that was the year, and nothing else after that mattered. But I'm like, no, everything after that mattered. <laughs> <laughs> that was just the beginning. Um, yeah. but after obviously, uh, Olympics got postponed. Um, and in 2020, we uh were starting to train for the Olympics. Um, before it got postponed, obviously, and um, I had a 
uh, a drug testing case that actually came up. And to this day, like that drug testing case, uh, I won't get into every single detail of it because it'll take us like five hours to get through. But basically, um, after I made the Olympic team, I was actually simultaneously living with an ex-boyfriend, super involved with, you know, another guy. We were living together. I was in college. Here I am thriving at softball, but yet I'm just kind of neglecting my own personal life and relationship in a way. Um, just kind of using it as like a, well, you know, when I'm off the field, then I'm just like with this guy. And then when I'm on the field, I'm on the field, you know? Yeah. So that was just kind of like what my life was. And I was fine with it. Like I, I saw zero issues with it because I like Bubba was taking care of, like I was fine. Like I, I felt no discomfort in it. And, um, I took, it was March 2nd. I took a drug test. Of course, it takes a couple weeks. I get a phone call March 20th. So this is only like a week after we just get a phone call that the our travel tour is off and the Olympics are postponed. And I'm at home and they say that you failed a drug test. And if you do not prove that this is false or um, basically if you don't prove that you are actually innocent, then you're banned from the sport for four years. And in in every capacity. So that could be, you know, playing at UCLA, playing obviously in the Olympics, even playing here in Japan. Like there was zero ability to like recover from that if I didn't try to like find, <laughs> like try and prove myself innocent. Yeah. Um so basically I'm facing this like I love this softball like idol with all of a sudden this other thing coming and going, we're actually going to take that away because apparently you did something wrong and you need to figure out how to fix it, you know, type of. And so it was like a huge wake up call because I was in shambles. Like I was like, I don't even know. I can't even describe the depth of like how much like it tore me apart to face that reality check of like, like it's not about softball. And um, it took, this is where God comes in and my faith comes in. But um, basically it was actually about Easter obviously was we're kind of like getting past that like initial March 20th call um I grew up in a kind of Catholic household I wouldn't say that we were practicing it was just more of claiming it but it was just like a, we're Catholic but we don't we used to go to church on Sundays but softball happened so now we don't yeah and um so my mom uh so she really wanted to watch passion of the christ which i think yeah that's like, that's a light film <laughs> right i'm like and here i am like in yeah. a deep stage of like mom i'm gonna be banned for four years if i don't figure out how to like prove that i you know i don't want to watch this movie like this sounds awful 
like I'm like come on this sounds like I I don't want to do this like this is ridiculous my mom was persistent she was like no I really feel like we need to watch this like (laughs) it just feels right (laughs) <laughs> had like, you had you seen it before or was that i ha- i i ha- i had she's played it like okay. every easter oh okay but i've never paid attention yeah like because i'm like this is this is dumb like i don't want to watch this like that was always my thought process because i didn't i didn't have a relationship with christ at all and um so then I I was just like trying to distract myself at this point while in the process of trying to exonerate myself and uh so I said sit down I'm watching this movie that I feel kind of forced into and of course I'm just I'm watching it I don't have my phone on because I'm you know when you're just a depressed person you don't want to talk to anyone else in the rest of the world you're just kind of like I just want to be in my little bubble and I don't want to I don't want anyone else talking to me. So I felt like I was literally in a bubble forced to watch this movie that was like so hardcore as someone that had no idea who Christ was. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this. And as I was watching it, I was like crying and I was in so, I was like breaking out in tears, just like so emotional watching this movie because the obviously it's the portrayal of like Jesus and like his death and what he went through to die on the cross and like a portrayal of it and I had never felt more seen or heard than watching a portrayal of someone being falsely accused or not falsely but being accused of something so heavily by like people in authority that's how I felt with this drug case like I was like I knew I hadn't done nothing wrong but I don't know why they keep at like calling me and making me feel like I did something wrong I don't know how to prove to them that I'm not lying type of thing and to see him so willingly go to a cross and going like I like I am like I am accused and like I I need to do this and so that mm-hmm kind of kind of crazy that it was just it was a movie like that but after that day something changed like in my heart and something in my spirit made me more curious like I wanted to know more about this Jesus guy and um I started asking my mom more questions my uh teammates at the time Ali Aguilar um Michelle Moultrie Aubrey Monroe Watson they're in charge of a ministry called church on the dirt. Yeah. Love it. Yep. Yeah. And they sent out a mass email saying, you know, for all the college players out there, we know you can't be in community. So we're offering a zoom. And I felt this huge nudge and what now I know is the spirit just like really nudging my heart to join this zoom. And I was deathly afraid (laughs) because I had never been in a, in a setting of talking about something I had no idea about like in this way, but it felt like everyone else knew about it, but me, but the amount of just like love and grace from every single person, like Grace Lyons was on that call. Hmm. Um, Like a few other girls that were from Oklahoma were on that call. Um, 
And I remember our very first call was about getting in the word of God and, you know, what that looks like. And like, let's, let's make it a goal to read three times a week. And so I'm like on this call going, yeah, yeah. Cause you know, I just want to be, I want to feel included. And so I, I remember I closed the laptop and went up to my mom. I go, mom, I'm supposed to read a Bible three times a week. We don't even own a Bible. <laughs> <laughs> and she, goes, she goes, okay, well, let's go to Barnes and Noble. <laughs> <laughs> so my very first Bible ever, courtesy of my mother and her nudge was a Bible from Barnes and Noble that we picked out together amidst a pandemic. I was going to say, I, I'm impressed that they were even open, but I thought they nah, were you'll open get on it. Like God yeah. said this, she needs this Bible <laughs> and we're going to keep these store, this store open. Yes. <laughs> During the pandemic. Wow. Yes. That's incredible. Mom. So, oh my God. Yes. I know. And my mom, she was a huge, huge uh, support system, not just in my case, like that in itself was such a miracle. Um, it should have been a four-year ban, but it ended up being a three-month case that was exonerated, and it was unprecedented. Like, literally, my situation had never happened before. Hmm. So it was it was honestly, like, miracle upon miracle that amidst finding my faith, like, I, I was, like, as I was finding my faith more and surrendering that case to God of, like, being banned and, like, kind of... Yeah. coming into acceptance with it well if I'm banned I'm banned because I'm I'm not lying <laughs> so I have no idea yeah. how to prove myself you like know? you knew you were innocent it sounds like like you knew yes. you weren't guilty but there was nothing you could do to defend yourself that would actually like yep. change the case like at least through yep. your own strength like you know with yep. what wow 1000 percent. like I was like I'm just uh at the time only, I'm only a 22-year-old girl stuck in my mom and dad's home in a small city in California. How am I supposed to prove to like such a big organization that I'm not lying and that yeah. I have no idea why that they have that in like a positive case in their file on mm. me? And uh, it was incredible. That was the first time I ever experienced like surrendering something so massive and like to God while discovering who he was and his character in the process, like hmm. just to find out like how loving he was and how forgiving he was. Like I just remember feeling so much forgiveness during that time of choices I made and things that I was worshiping that weren't him. And um yeah it it was crazy and mm. I kind of like kind of jumping ahead but it's been an ongoing growth since then of just coming more into intimate relationship with Christ and uh it was it, actually last year February my now fiance and I mm. uh we were baptized together with Nikita and Tanya and huh. in the Santa Monica beach in the ocean so wow that's awesome it it's amazing like there's so many stories I can just throw in here that are like 
so amazing, but Bubba, this uh, story is better than the one that you could have written for yourself. Now, I don't know if you would say that, but I'm just hearing it and I'm like, this story is so much better than mm. the one that you were writing up to 2019. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Not perfect, yeah. but it's a living example of like you finding hope and you yes. being like when you said I felt seen and heard, like how yeah. many people in this world like just want to be seen yeah want to be heard and sometimes we're blessed enough to have people in our life like that circle and the zoom call where you're like I kind of feel seen you know mm -hmm. in that space like I feel the love and grace of these women who are athletes who honestly it's coming from a relationship with God that I don't fully get yet but there's yeah. something in this space that I feel loved seen and heard and challenged to like mm -hmm. pursue my faith, you know, yeah. but then I love that ultimately you're like, when I started opening the scriptures, I realized mm -hmm. like every single moment of every single day, like I will be, and I am seen and I am heard simply because of Christ. Like yeah. that he's simple, like Hebrews four, right. says he sympathizes with my weaknesses. He's never yeah. sinned. Right. He, yeah. He's yeah. never sinned, but he has been tempted in every way. And he felt, he's felt the the constant he's felt sin like he carried all of that sin you know on the cross mm -hmm. and so I love that the Lord through Christian community through these women mm -hmm. and through a trial not only the pandemic but also your own suffering that it's like somewhere in there there's a measure of grace somewhere mm -hmm. in there I want to defend for you right to whoever you need to defend yourself to like even just getting to know you here it's like man I wish I was there to defend you you know or something yeah. but it's like you know what's so cool is like God was there the whole time yeah so just really beautiful I mean I know it's you're still right a person in progress just like myself oh man there's been so much so much growth ever since then it, it's such a cool journey and just even like talk about and reflect on it right now like it's it, it's it's amazing to see where God and I've come you know and um me being a, a big pull that I feel like he wanted me to come to Japan was just to have this time with him because mm. I've never experienced this depth of prayer that him and I have worked through while being here in Japan like this is a predominantly Buddhist country no one really knows Christ. Um, there's a handful of people, obviously, that are brothers and sisters in Christ, but especially in the space that I'm in, it's softball. Like it's it's definitely that, like trying to knock back on those old patterns of wanting to idolize the sport again. But um, he's worked out a lot of things here that I'm. It's actually really cool how I actually go about playing the game since I'm still in it. Like, he definitely didn't pull me out of the game. That's what's a miracle, too. Hmm. Um, he put me back in the game, and I definitely play the game from a new perspective, and it's it's life-giving. Like, it's so freeing the way that I'm playing and, like, what you said, seeing me professionally, like, on TV. Like, the, those times, it's just fun. Like, it's just, like, I feel like a kid again like <laughs> running around I'm like the yeah. fact that this is a job like are you kidding this is insane and um oh. yeah it's just amazing yeah well it is a blessing to get to get to get to get to know you um even in this 30 minutes you know and 
I appreciate you opening up and just sharing your story. Um, the fact that you're able to share that just shows me that there's a lot of, if there was ever any shame or guilt in the process, which is what sin does to us, even though like, yeah. even though the thing about the drug testing, it wasn't sin, right? It was an accusation. Um, so that wasn't something you were guilty of, but just that reality of for you to be able to speak up and say, you know, like my coach noticed my selfishness, like there was an yeah. idolizing of sport. And I'm, I've seen in the process, like, what it's like to actually have sport be a gift and like to actually compete in a free way, you know, because of my relationship with God, I can be freed up. Like I know he loves me and I know that he's given me this gift, you know, of sport. Yeah. And, and so I don't know what it's like. Well, I, I do a little bit know, but not in the way you have, I don't know what it's like to hit a walk-off home run on a pro softball <laughs> stage, but I've seen you hit, I've seen you hit a couple and I'll tell you what, but you know, a God who can, who does even more things than that. That's so. right. That's what I'm saying. Bubba. Yes. So if you had, if you had one last word, um, could you just share, I work with college athletes who I am mm. no joke. A lot of the women athletes I work with, there are just traces and threads of your story that you just shared and many who have found Christ in the midst of it, you know, and found like, he's better than anything, you know, he's, yeah. he's so much better than that thrill of a walk-off home run as amazing as that feeling is. But if you had, um, like, what would you say to college athletes who, mm. who are wanting to find that freedom in Christ, who they want to taste and experience, you know, um, what you've experienced, right? Like yeah. in the journey, like, what would you, what do you love about Jesus? Like, what would you say to them? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my biggest thing is just how forgiving of a God we have. Like I, the, that was the biggest thing that opened my eyes to God was how much grace he gives in moments where we're like man I, I feel like I did something wrong I feel like I'm, I messed up or I went too far you know because of course there's you know you, you get so caught up in the hype like the world throws all these things at you where you're like oh I gotta take advantage of that I gotta do that and this seems exciting um and then there's those quiet moments where we look back and we're like did I do that wrong am I did I mess up and I think just to know that Jesus is walking right alongside you and like, he's like, even if you did, I forgive you so a thousand times over than what you think of infinite times over than what you think. Like, I, I think that was like probably the biggest, uh, just like opening of my heart to Christ was knowing that like how much he forgives that mm. I don't have to carry that on yeah. my heart and I can keep playing the sport I love without this like shame or guilt like what you're saying of feeling like man I screwed up before like I really I really was a selfish teammate I was a selfish player like I would I didn't interact correctly with people I uh was just idolizing the wrong things but at the end of the day like knowing how much forgiveness he freely gave me and gives me and gives us it made it like it made that fear of wanting to go back out on the field and like go away like yeah. I can go out there and play like a kid and it's okay mm -hmm. and I can do it for the right reasons like I can be totally. a compassionate teammate 
Um, and I can be competitive. I can freaking want to hit a bomb <laughs> off, uh, yeah. at the called world series because I want to do it for the fact that he gave me the freedom to play mm. here and have this ability to be here, not because I need to prove my worth to anyone or even myself. Let's go so. drop that mic. <laughs> totally. Yeah. One last, one last question. I will let you go. Um, because you just spurred this on, but uh, what would you say to the, the, so there's women that I'm discipling who they are, some of them are the only Christian on their team. Some of them have begun to gather like athletes on their team, teammates in a discipleship group setting, right? Like they're growing in their faith mm -hmm. together. And so those that just really have a heart for um, teammates who are struggling or um, maybe they don't, their teammates don't want to know Christ or they just don't know him, but they're seeing the mm -hmm. struggle. Like, what would you say to the uh, Ali Ag Aguilar's or the Grace Lions, the, those women athletes, those teammates who were willing to like, kind of create that space for you? Um, and yeah. I think that would speak directly to some of the, the softball players that I know who are in that space of like, how do I come alongside, you know, someone mm -hmm. who's maybe in a tough spot and doesn't know yeah. Christ yet? What would you say to those gals on your Zoom call? Yeah, I, I would say like, looking back, they, they met me where I was at. They didn't have this expectation of, ah, oh, like, if you don't own a Bible, you can't be on this, you know, or it wasn't a, they didn't even ask me a single thing about my past and previous knowledge of Christ. Like, it was just, we want a community where you can just be yourself and you have just so much freedom to be yourself. And um, I think just being persistent too, because there's a lot of times where I was like, you know, I would see that, that little notification of like, Hey guys, we have a zoom again this week. And I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Like I was uncomfortable last time, you know, but I think it was just the persistence. Like they would also text me individually and be like, Hey, like, are you going to join again? Like no pressure if not, but, um, it was just the persistence and being bold. Like they weren't afraid to make me feel like I was gonna, I wasn't, uh, if I was uncomfortable, because they knew it was the right thing to do. They knew that being bold in their faith was the right thing to do. And I appreciate that to this day. Like, it's something that I try and emulate, you know, they have inspired me to want to do what's being here and um, being around other women that don't know Christ yet. So mm. just persistence, being bold and just meeting people where they're at. I think that's ultimately what I would say. Mm. Yeah. Hey, thanks a lot, Bubba. Um, what is the way that people can follow you? Do you have like um, an Instagram account or is there a place they can follow you in terms of like softball? Yeah. Um, so I am pretty much on Instagram. I would say most actively. Um, so you can follow me at Bubba Nichols. It's no underscores or anything. Um, yeah. I try to keep it simple. I do have a Twitter, but I wouldn't if you want to follow that, you can, but I don't ever, I'm not active, <laughs> so you won't really see much, but Instagram is definitely where you'll see most, most of me, so um, if you have Instagram, that's probably my best, my best oh, Very choice. cool. Yeah, well, um, to the listeners, if you want to hear a little bit more of her backstory on um, her given name and um, some of the backstory to that, you can find that on Instagram under her account, uh, but Baba, thank you so much for joining me um, this evening for you this morning for me but thanks for joining us and sharing your story it, it truly is priceless so 
Uh, appreciate you just um, sharing your life with us. And um, to all the listeners, we will um, see you in the next podcast episode. Have a wonderful day.